Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. All right, welcome. Thank you for joining us for today's installment of our Remaking Industry Podcast. My name is Chris McNamara, Editor-in-Chief with Smart Industry. We're thrilled to have you join us here today. We're talking about something that's um, on top of everybody's mind and uh, atop a lot of headlines. We're talking about inflation um, today with uh, Ross Myricord. Ross is CEO with Propel Software. Ross, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Happy to be here, Chris. Tell us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do. Yeah, Chris, uh, Ross Myricord. I'm the CEO for Propel Software. We are a, a solution uh, built on the cloud, helping customers with their product lifecycle management. Okay, excellent. Where's home base? Where are you calling in from? Uh, I am a California kid uh, here in Silicon Valley and have spent most of my career working with high-tech manufacturers uh, here in California, especially when we, we used to actually make physical products here in California. <laughs> right. Okay. Excellent. Well, let's dive into it. Um, how is inflation, inflation affecting manufacturers? Big picture question. Yeah, you know, uh, Chris, I've had the opportunity to be on the road a lot the past uh, several months, speaking with you know dozens of manufacturers really all over the country, and a couple of key themes I'm hearing. One is just you know fairly obviously just focusing on efficiency. Uh, you know, how can we how can they focus on doing uh, more with uh, existing investments or with less investments? Uh, you know, second is anything that was you know, kind of in hindsight, it was a bit of a pet project, a bit of a wild hair, uh, those things they're putting on hold. Uh, but then interestingly, and, and you know, great for, for my business as well, is what I'm seeing is they are really doubling down on key investments that really view to, you know, either drive innovation, helping drive uh, future or near-term growth, uh, as well as uh, investments around efficiency as well. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, um, the negative effects of inflation, and the same held true with uh, the pandemic. It it did tighten belts in many respects. It also prompted uh, the greater adoption of a lot of these automation concepts that people have been considering uh, nice to have uh, previously. Now they, they were have to have. Absolutely. Um, talk to me about processes. Uh, let's, let's dive into some specifics about um, the effects of inflation here. How is it affecting industrial processes? Yeah, Chris, the one that, you know, I'm seeing, uh, interestingly, is really people rethinking uh, how they manage uh, the supply chain. And, and it's not just about, you know, trying to find the same parts for less, but really fundamentally rethinking the the nodes on that supply chain. Who's who's designing the product? Uh, who's, who's ultimately kind of building that product? Where are we sourcing it? Uh, where are we doing a sub-assembly work, uh, et cetera? And really just uh, re-looking at that very much in a classic sense of uh, who's building it, where we're building it, who's designing it, where we're designing it, uh, and how do we collaborate on that with a general theme of uh, much more decentralized work on core products. So it's really this idea of I'm getting more people to help focus on how I build my product, but I need to do that across many more nodes, uh, which just drives, can drive complexity. But uh, when done effectively, can really help drive out cost, and and I would argue more importantly, drive out time. Uh, and and in my mind, time is really becoming the key factor here, which is driving what how companies are thinking about how they're moving forward. 
What do you mean by that? Um, there's a greater emphasis on efficient time to market or 100 percent. Yeah. T time to value, time to market and just this notion of, uh, you know, there's an opportunity now with this more uh, decentralized network that we're managing to just drive uh, cycle time out of the equation. Not only, of course, not only in building a product, but where I'm seeing a lot of companies focus on now is really in that design aspect that it used to kind of assume like, oh, it's going to take us N months or Y quarters to bring this new product to market. But now companies really challenging themselves and how can they reduce those cycles uh, around bringing those products to market. And inflation is quickening that process, you believe, just because there's a greater demand to operate more efficiently fiscally? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Okay. And, and just really uh, looking at uh, how can I bring that product to market not only quicker, but just ultimately kind of less hands touching that product uh, along the way or touching that design doc along the way. Okay. And then that leads into kind of a, a, the look at, at strategy. What's the role of inflation on strategy? Is it, it can, can strategy pivot uh, that rapidly to address kind of spikes in inflation? Do we have that capability now with, with you know, software as a service options and, and, and cloud capabilities and things like that? Does it, do, do modern technologies enable us to, to align our strategies quicker to, to fluctuations like inflation? Yeah, I, I think so, Chris, because what I'm seeing is that, um, you know, over the last decades, just pushing all the manufacturing to low cost manufacturing and keeping a lot of design work in house, we kind of built that static uh, approach to how we design and build products. But now I think with modern technologies, we can be much more fluid about who does that design work in the chain. And do I want to, hey, I've got more products coming and I can handle, I need to push design work out to my providers or conversely, Hey, I, you know, maybe it's some special IP you've got, you're working on, you want to bring design back in house and mm -hmm. that fluidity of being able to move work in and out um, in old kind of rigid architectures, old rigid processes. It was really difficult to be nimble, but I'm seeing customers now who are uh, moving that uh, not only in the design, but also, the, you know, the making of the products uh, in and out, which is really fascinating to see how, uh, how agile these companies can be. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know something that inhibits some agility is uh, workforce challenges, and that seems to be across the board. Pre, uh, pre-inflation, you know, the, the pandemic really um, made that a very challenging issue for a lot of employers. Um, to, what is inflation doing in terms of workforce? Does it does it ease the ease the, the the problem with people being more inclined to to go back to a workplace because everything's more expensive? Yeah, it's a great question, Chris. You know, and what I'm just seeing is that focus, uh, people are focusing on uh, how can I, you know, just the classic measure of efficiency. Can I get my existing team to produce more output uh, kind of in the same amount of time? And yeah. that ultimately it, that leveraging kind of new innovative technologies is what's helping drive that push on efficiency. And so I think, you know, that's, that's ultimately to me how you help combat inflation is if I can if I can with the same team get get a couple more uh, widgets designed or built uh, in the same period of time, of course, you know, I, I help drive drive down the effect of inflation on the on yeah. the core components. Overall efficiency. Uh, and, and last kind of um, component here, investment in, in some of these digitalization strategies and these tools, techniques, and technologies that we're talking about as part of this industry 4.0 stuff. Um, 
how does inflation affect that? Is it lessening the ability to invest in, in programs? Is it prompting a greater uh, interest in, in doing that? What's the role of inflation there? Yeah, uh, I would say, Chris, that to me, it's more about uh, companies are really refining what they're investing in. Uh, the, mm. the investments I'm seeing are still proceeding and in some cases actually accelerating. But this idea of really kind of a narrowing of focus uh, where as opposed to putting a lots of lines out there in the water and kind of seeing which ones may hit, um, it's now an idea of being much more uh, intentional about what are the areas you want to drive either around, you know, bringing more products to market, squeezing efficiency out of your supply chain or your internal operations yeah. and making targeted investments there. And sometimes actually doubling down on those investments, but um, potentially in an overall smaller investment pie but just the, what we are investing, we're just being incredibly purposeful and intentional about. Interesting, okay. Your focus with Propel is software here. What's the role of software um, in combating inflation here? We touched on it a couple of times in, in some of the previous questions there, but let's get a little bit more specific. Yeah, software. you know, one thing that's interesting for me, Chris, and I've spent you know, a lot of my career in and around software, uh, either you know building it or uh, helping implement it back as a consultant earlier in my career. Yeah. And, you know, uh, arguably, especially with modern technology, you can uh, implement and drive change with software a heck of a lot faster than, frankly, the business can often change. Right. So it, right. it is it's uh, the easiest and arguably the fastest solution to drive the change. And ultimately, it really is incumbent on the company that's implementing that software. You know, can I keep up with the change that the software is enabling me? And And I love the fact that you know, the software is now becoming the fastest component and then the organizational change lags where uh, arguably historically the business was ready to change and you're waiting on legacy IT to make the change. Um, yeah. it, but we've really flipped that equation now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And what kind of software are we talking about? Uh, yeah. What, you know, so uh, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. What, you know, or, or, you know, what, um, what types of, of software solutions are most, uh, beneficial most inclined to to you know i guess if we're talking about overall efficiency it's kind of too broad of a question but anything that specifically kind of can address um overcoming inflation challenges yeah and and i would say you know my premise chris broadly is when i think software now it's become really synonymous with cloud software that you know my mind that the the days of uh you know buying software that you install on a server and you manage your storage and all that you know that is that is last decade that, you know, now, so so for me, it's first of all, first and foremost, cloud software. And within that context, especially for all of our manufacturers now, um, really things that help, and I'll say broadly in the supply chain or the value chain. And, you know, it's not just about like the classic supply chain optimization solutions we implemented decades ago that were about, you know, looking for the most effective um, price points on individual procured parts. It's really now this idea that we are jointly designing and building these solutions and that now you have uh, the, the traditional data around your parts and your bombs and your change orders and kind of all that nitty gritty stuff, which used to be really, um, you know, up on the second floor with the guys that were wearing this, the, you know, back in the day, wearing the ties and the white shirts that were on the CAD systems, that's now much more that information that that really comprises the value of our solutions 
that that has to, that's being radically distributed across the value chain. And mm -hmm. many, many people now provide access to that. But you have to make sure, of course, that it's secure, that you have the appropriate, um, uh, not only data security, but the, the who can see what, and you don't have supplier A, see supplier B's parts and all those kinds of things. But when you can do that effectively, wow, it is really, uh, it's dramatically helping these companies get to market faster, which to me is what this is really all about. Yeah. And, and what's the, you know, you're coming at it from the uh, solution provider perspective. What's the understanding of this approach or what's the, the uh, education level and the willingness? Is this, is it, do you still play the role of educator uh, to a great degree or is the end user getting more savvy about uh, knowing what he or she needs on this front? Yeah, Chris, it's interesting. I mentioned a little bit earlier here, I've been on the road quite a bit. And I would say my premise when I started, when I was jumping on the road to go have these discussions was exactly that, Chris. I'm going to help. I'm going to educate. I'm going to advocate. You know, I'm going to market uh, as we were out there. But I've been kind of blown away by how much I've learned from our customers. Uh, they're frankly leading us to some of these uh, yeah. these answers. And, you know, they're, they're describing the business challenges that I, I articulated, you know, in, in their own terms. And not, not everyone's, of course, identical, but they're really this idea of uh, continuing to have this federated view of how, how they're working with all of their design partners and supply chain partners. And they're really pushing companies like Propel on, on how can we continue to meet their needs uh, and really pushing us forward in, in this effort. So, uh, I've been thrilled, Chris, to see just the uh, the innovation and the um, um, really the desire these companies have to drive these improvements. It's really, frankly, inspiring to see this yeah. in, in, in our providers. And it should only snowball too, as as these concepts and approaches mainstream, and there's a greater history with this. And and as younger workforces come in and they're accustomed to this type of work, they're going to prompt you know even further growth there. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Um, let's talk about how digital transformation affects this. Um, you know, it's kind of central to this whole notion of, of cloud computing and, and um, you know, software as a service approaches and a greater understanding of kind of working smartly for lack of a better term. In these That's right. What's the role there? Um, are, are more di uh, more mature digitally transformed industrial enterprises better equipped to, to weather periods of inflation like this? Or does it expose them further with with greater investments in, in these solutions? What's the what's the take? Yeah, my view, Chris, is that you know the more digitized you are, the less prone you are to you know the typical inflationary pressures in terms of you know paying your people, paying the energy bills, paying for your raw materials, uh, et cetera. Yeah. So more digitized, typically better. You got to make sure, of course, that you know the providers you're working with that you feel good about the prices you're getting and the ongoing value uh, you're getting there as well. Yeah. The other, I'd say, the cautionary tale, though, Chris, that I would say here is that you know there is no finish line of digital transformation. It's not a you know project that you know you can you can declare victory. We you know we have digitally transformed and we're done. You know, kind of right. now now back to normal business. Right. Digital transformation allows you to get the tooling and allows you to be incredibly more you know, agile. You can spot the signal from the noise much sooner and then you can react to it sooner. But you have to be looking, right? You have to be looking for that signal and you have to have the courage to act. And if you uh, aren't looking for the signal and or you don't react to it, you know, you're going to be stuck in the same old place you were. You're just uh, 
you have to be more digital, but you, you aren't more nimble uh, along the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good message, you know, and it, and it, it comprises so many components. It's a, it's not only just the, the, the tools in play, but it's the culture that embraces these approaches and it's the, the, you know, the strategy aligning it with the larger business strategy and all that good stuff. Um, you've got these three basic questions uh, manufacturers should ask. Um, and how does this pertain to inflation? What are we talking about here? Yeah. And so I think it kind of comes down to this notion, Chris, that, you know, if, if you, and I'm sure a lot of your subscribers would concur, you know, in general, like, all right, you know, I'm still investing, but maybe my investment pie looks a little bit smaller than it did last year. Yeah. So kind of, you know, my mind it comes down to some, you know, just some basic economics here. So do I have the budget to, to do something here? Yeah. Uh, if so, you know, what be really crisp about what I'm trying to do? What, where am I driving efficiency? Where am I driving growth? Right. And just to be really crisp on what that looks like. Yeah. And then in my mind, very importantly, when can I actually see the return on that investment? You know, an ROI, you know, is a great calc we talk about, but really focusing on the when of the return. Uh, and frankly, as we talked about, maybe I can implement the software very quickly, but can I actually affect the change in my organization? And, and I think this last step is one where a lot of companies fall short where, oh yeah, I'm just going to go fund this project and I will be good. And you kind of wash your hands of it and move on. But really this idea that you have to be actively involved in the change effort kind of through it. Okay. Does a period of inflation like we're in the middle of currently affect that when element of ROI? Does it, do, must you adopt a more patient approach to a return on these programs in a, in kind of a, a stressful period like this? I, I actually, Chris would maybe argue the other that you should be more huh. impatient. Uh, and if you're looking at, investment curves that are calling for something that's going to take a couple of years from now to drive benefit, it might not be the right thing to invest in right now. Uh, you know, I look at what, when can you, what can you do in one, two or three quarters from now to really begin to affect change? Because those are the things that can drive the near-term benefit that, that will help you right now as you're trying to fight some of the other inflationary pressures. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. Um, last question for you here, big picture. Again, I'm going to ask you about optimism in this space. Um, you know, periods of inflation are, are stressful and they're challenging and things like that. But oftentimes, uh, particularly with, with smarter solutions like this, um, they create opportunities for um, some serious wins. So um, optimism within a period of inflation with, with smarter techniques here, what's cause for optimism? Well, I would say, Chris, that, you know, just getting out and talking to these companies, I would say the level of innovation I'm seeing right now uh, is unlike something I've seen in North America for, for years. That yeah. the And what's really interesting is it's a combination of, I'll call it business model innovation. So companies are looking to, how can I take advantage of a recurring revenue, you know, and taking a page out of our the SaaS company's books, you know, driving the, the, so the business model changes part one. Two is just in general, you know, can I, what can I, how can I drive better products to market and, and drive more value from our customers. And then the third is kind of this supply chain aspect too of, hey, am I looking to uh, onshore more of this work? Am I looking to kind of do more of a, of a JDM model as I'm looking to distribute the, the design across my network, et cetera? So kind of really the combination of all three of those happening at the same time, 
Yeah. I'm just seeing some companies do some remarkable work uh, in the marketplace that frankly makes me as not only an executive, but as a, uh, you know, a, 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 a U.S. resident just really uh, excited about the opportunity here for what the change we're driving specifically in North America, but but also in uh, kind of the Western Western Europe as well, that I just think that we're, we're going to hit a new renaissance here of innovation, which I'm excited to be to be a part of and, and to contribute with. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Ross Meyercord, CEO of Propel Software. Thank you for joining us today on the Remaking Industry podcast. Very interesting stuff. Thank you, Chris. Great, great to spend time with you today. Yeah, nice chatting with you. Uh, and as always, we encourage our listeners to go out and make it a smart day.